Welcome to Far and Beyond Oregon Truth Crime, where we talk about some of the bizarre, true, crazy stories of true crime in Oregon and the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Stacy, And I'm your co-host, Valerie. And together we'll travel down some of Oregon's more mysterious roads. <laughs> Do you like raspberries? I don't. How do you not like raspberries? The seeds get stuck in my teeth and I just can't stand it. Sometimes I can't stand strawberries. I love the flavor of strawberries. So I have I a suffer. package of raspberries here. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> She's like Robert Downey Jr. She's always snacking yeah. on something. <laughs> I brought chips too, but those are too loud. <laughs> we can play guests to snack later. <laughs> so how was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. School sucks, but (laughs) yeah, work sucks. So, (laughs) I mean, it's not bad. I have a job at least, and I somewhat enjoy it. But you know, I'd rather be doing this. Mm -hmm. Where are we traveling to this week? Um, this week we're gonna go to Eastern Oregon, which is where I visited this weekend, and I was actually able to go to the town that our story takes place in this week. That's cool. Yeah, it was way cool to kind of put a a lay of the land to the story. Mm -hmm. What What did it look like over there? barren. (laughs) It was like a ghost town. Um, somewhat. There was like three people living in the town still, Hmm. but it was pretty much dilapidated buildings and old cemeteries and yeah, we'll talk more about that later, but it's, it was a little bit crazy. Have you heard of that one town in the United States that has a population of one person and it's like an old lady and she's like the mayor And she runs a restaurant there and post office and library and she just does it all. I have never heard of that. (laughs) I watched a YouTube video of like this travel couple once and they visited her and it was kind of cool. They got like truckers that uh, drive by there and stuff, but she runs the whole place. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We'll have to look it up. Maybe we can travel there. (laughs) If you haven't noticed, we like to travel. (laughs) Not just in our stories, but in real life. (laughs) This is the story of a short-lived rivalry between two town marshals, the old one and the new one. So what's the difference between, like, a marshal and a sheriff? The sheriff, I believe, is elected by the people. A marshal, I think, is elected by the, like, the mayor and the town council. I think the marshal's kind of selected as where the sheriff has to hold elections. Do they have the same powers, or is, like, one above the other? I, I think they generally have the same powers... Especially back, way back when. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure on the differences between them, but... Yeah. So, our story takes place in Westfall. It's a little town in eastern Oregon. It's about four hours east of Bend, and just about an hour away from the Idaho border. And when I went here, I did not realize that it is in a different time zone than we are. Really? We're still in Oregon, but we're in a totally different time zone. I didn't even think the time zone changed in Oregon. Yeah, it, it does, right? Um, oh, I want to say about 30 minutes east of this town. So about mm, an hour east of Burns. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So did your phone just update that automatically? I didn't have service, so it was really weird because my friend that I was going with, her Sirius radio updated 
but my phone didn't, so we were showing two different times, and it was super trippy. And that's kind of how we realized we were in two different time zones. So it's like, oh, we moved time zones. And then on the way back, we saw the sign that said, you're going back an hour. It's like, oh. There's what a been... sign for that? Yes. I've never seen a it sign It would have been that. nice to have one going the other way, because I had called my fiance, and I was like, okay, yeah, we've got service. We're getting ready to head back. We'll be home about this time. And I'm like, this is super late. It took us forever. And then we crossed the time zone, and I'm like, ah, we're actually going to be back an hour before I thought we were going to be back. This didn't take long at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this town was started when Levi Westfall, he started a homestead on the property. Property. Um, you know what a homestead is, right? Just like a farm kind of area? Yeah, basically they're self-sufficient on the land. Mm -hmm. They own a lot of acreage. Like those one shows that you guys are always watching? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's my dream to be a homesteader. I really, really think it would be really cool just Mm -hmm. to have, be self-sufficient live off in the middle of nowhere when nobody bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he started that property in, not 19, he started that property in 1870. And soon after, he had his brothers from West Virginia join him and bring their families. On the same homestead? Yeah, on the same homestead, and they just kind of just started spreading out a little bit further and further until they got the town. The town itself isn't very big. So one of them brought his nephew named Jasper Westfall. And he is the star of our show. Ooh, so here's a picture of him. He was a very dapper. Mm-hmm. Like they have that old timey mustache. Yeah. yeah. He looks kind of cute. Yeah, I thought so too. I was like, oh dang, little, he was little, good looking. Little bow tie there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jasper was born in Jackson, West Virginia on January 28th, 1872. So he was really part of the Old West. Mm-hmm. He moved to be in Westfall in 1884, and once he moved there, he was a rancher and a cattle hand, was mostly the work I could find he did. Uh, Is that for other people? Yeah. Family members and stuff like that, he did work for them. Uh, eh. On September 16th, 1900, he married Daisy Bishop Sullivan, um, so she was originally Daisy Bishop She'd married someone else, last name Sullivan. I believe he died. Oh, okay. And she brought, like, two or three children with her to this relationship. Mm -hmm. And with him, she had three more children. So there's a lot of, like, six or so children in total. Yeah, they had a lot of kids with her kids and then his. Uh, It doesn't say that all of them lived with her. I mean, they had to have if her husband died. Um, he either died or got divorced. I can't remember which now. But I kind of got into a deep dive on her, just trying to find information on her to see where she was. And we'll get into more on what happened to her a little bit later. In April 1912, the Marshal Ben Corbett stepped down as the town marshal. And during this time, the mayor was out of town, so he wasn't able to appoint a new town marshal. And I, it doesn't say why Ben stepped down or anything like that. It just said he... He stepped down. He yeah, he just decide. stepped down. He he didn't want the job anymore. <laughs> and I have a feeling it had something to do with our next character, <laughs> whose name was Asia Carey. And I did look up how to say it this time. A-S-A is pronounced Asia. Asia. Yeah. Huh. So Asia Carey convinced, air quotes here, 
the town to make him marshal. To make him marshal. They were kind of bullied into doing this. He basically said, make me marshal or else. Um, It doesn't sound like he was a very nice man. Uh, He was originally the town blacksmith, but he wasn't always a blacksmith. He actually served as marshal in Ontario, Oregon, Mm -hmm. where he was involved in an unfortunate incident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's involved in several unfortunate incidents. Um, so Ontario is about 51 miles east of Westfall. So it is like almost on the Idaho border. It's like really, really close. Mm-hmm. Um, on August 13th, 1905, a bartender named Frank Kamen was causing or involved in a disturbance, depending on which paper you read. He was either the cause of it or... Or he was somehow involved in this disturbance. Mm-hmm. Um, it said that then Marshal Carey came in to arrest Frank. And then Frank reached for his gun. And Carey shot him and killed him. <clears throat> was there any consequences for that? Or is just the sheriff being sheriff? <laughs> um, well, he was charged. But he was acquitted on murdering Frank on the basis of self-defense. And remember the self-defense plea... In the future. Mm-hmm. He likes that plate. <clears throat> so, after that, I it's really hard to find anything on Asia Carey. Um, there is another Asia Carey on the West Coast, over on it, over in Coos Bay. I don't know if it's the same one. I don't think so, because a lot of the paper articles about him take place the same time as these ones. So, I don't think they're the same guy, but it's kind of weird that there's two guys named Asia Carey. In Oregon at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but their marriages don't match up or any of that. So they could be the same guy and I'm just totally missing it. But it was really hard to find any information on him. Yeah. Granted, this took place in 1912, which was 110 years ago. So I actually found Frank Cameron's gravestone in the West Falls Cemetery when I visited there. So I was able to actually see that. So mm-hmm. if some for some reason... He was killed in Ontario, but he was brought back to Westfall. Hmm. But I think it was because he was actually married to Mary Westfall, who was somewhat related to the town founder. Mm-hmm. So and she they, was buried there? Um, I didn't see her grave, oh. but I there were a couple Westfalls there. Mm-hmm. Was it like a flashy gravestone? Like No, he just had a square block that had his name, date of birth, and date of death. And it was only the years. Oh. So there were no days. In 1909, Carrie beat a man to death. His name was Dan Brady. Uh, Dan was 80 years old. What? He's 80, man. He was 80. So there were several articles that said um, Brady beat him. He went home, and a couple days later, he died. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking it was internal injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, There was another article I found that he was um, a friend of the drink. And that he uh, went home and drank and died a few days later because of the drink. The old man was? Yeah. Uh, but most people think it was because Carrie mm-hmm. beat him. If you, leave, if you live till 80 during that time period, I don't think alcohol is going to kill you. Right? Like, I think it would have killed him already. The The crazy thing is, is the coroner's inquest, they, they, they believe he met with foul play, but... 
they thought his death was caused by the alcohol, so they did not charge Carrie with anything. Hmm. So he got away scot-free on that. And he was actually from Ireland. I found his gravestone, too. Mm-hmm. And it was way cool because it had, like, some of the Celtic designs. Oh, was that that really tall one? Yeah, the one I showed you a picture of that mm-hmm. was really tall. It kind of had this little um, eye symbol. It looked like the Eye of Osiris, but that's not what it was. Mm-hmm. It was more Celtic. But he uh, he didn't have a date of birth, so I couldn't confirm his age. Because some articles say he was 80. Some say he was 76 when he died. But it just said he was born in Ireland, and he died in 1909. He must so, have had money for that gravestone. <laughs> uh, it said he was uh, he was uh, wealthy. Oh. So he was a, a rancher who was very wealthy in the area. Yeah, in the paper it said he was found unconscious and di- in a dying condition. I don't know what a dying condition <laughs> is. I mean... Unconscious, you're already kind of in a dying position. I, well, unless you're asleep, but yeah, I was like, uh-huh. a dying condition, okay. Was he in his home when they found him? Yeah, he was in his home, and he was unmarried, so it was his friends that came and found him. Mm. So, having become the Marshal of Westfall by somewhat of force, Carrie earned a pay of $75 per month, and he got all the power that came with the position, which... From reading all these stories, I think what he was after was the power. Mm-hmm. I mean, the money was probably great, too, back then. But, yeah, he was all about power, it seemed like. But this all ended on May 9th, 1912. So on May 9th, Mayor William West returned to the town. And he got right to work. He fired Carey, because he did not want him to be the town marshal. And he hired Jasper Westfall in his place. And as you can guess, Carrie did not take this well. <laughs> By many accounts, Carrie actually started drinking the day after on May 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, and our incident takes place on May 12th, so he was drinking for two days. Where did this Jasper guy come from? Jasper was the one we talked about in the beginning. Okay. Jasper is the one who was related to the oh, okay. um, the founder of the town. So I kind of oh. gave a background on him in the beginning, and then now we're kind of finding out what, why he was involved in the story. Rewind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind, backtrack. Jasper Westfall, nephew of Levi Westfall, is now the star of our story again. Um, so he was hired in Carrie's place, and by all accounts, you know, Carrie was very upset by this, started drinking, And while he was drinking, he became somewhat of a nuisance. Mm -hmm. He started brandishing his revolver, so like waving it around in the air, and you know how drunks are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Going between the two two of the town saloons. Going between two of the town saloons, drinking more than any man at either. (laughs) So I think there were probably, the size of this town in the picture... There's probably only two bars. <laughs> and if he's going between them and at both of them taking in more than any man, this dude is smashed. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, surprised there's two bars. It looked kind of small. Well, that's all they have to do there is drink. <laughs> and I'm sure there were probably like girls there too, you know. Mm-hmm. Ladies, ladies of the night. Ladies of the night. Okay. <laughs> As they were called back then. Um, so, during this, he he kept yelling things and just being, he was, he seemed like a really loud drunk. I hate loud drunks. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can, I can stand the, the, 
I ha- I want to be all in my feelings drunk, so those kind of bother me too. But I can I can tolerate those. I can tolerate the really laughy ones, like my like mom. Our mother uh-huh. is a hilarious drunk. She's <laughs> something else. You gotta have so much fun with her. But I, the, but the people that get so loud and angry and uh, and just like go mm-hmm. away and be by yourself and drink. <laughs> I'll take your gun away for tonight. <laughs> yeah, who let him have a gun? I mean, yeah. So he was yelling, saying, you know, things like he was the better man for the job, and the town marshal was actually just too scared to arrest him. And if if he tried, Carrie would kill him. So Carrie wasn't drinking alone. He was actually drinking with his friend Arthur Pickett. Pickett was armed with a thirty-two Smith and Wesson. While Carrie was armed with a twenty-two revolver. I don't know that first... I know that second gun. I don't know the first gun very well. So, thirty-twos aren't around as much anymore. They were big back in the day. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit bigger caliber than the twenty-two. But, um, Smith, Smith & Wesson is a very popular gun, especially in the Old West. Mm-hmm. Is that like a revolver, kind of? I'm thinking it was some sort of revolver, yeah. It may have been a rifle. But usually when it is, they stay. So, after drinking, Carrie and Pickett, after drinking and yelling and, you know, having fun, they started shooting up the town, because what else do you do when you're drinking? (laughs) Um, So, after this point, um, Pickett's not mentioned anymore. It's just mentioned that he drank with Carrie and he started shooting up the town with him. And then he just kind of drops off. So, I don't know if maybe he went and curled up in a corner and slept it off or what happened to him, but I couldn't find anything else on him after that point. So, Marshall Westfall, he either heard the shots, or he was told there was disturbance. There's were two different stories in the paper He where he heard it, came and ran in and, you know, tried to save the day, or someone came and told him, hey, this dude's shooting up the town, we need you to come do your job. They always got two sides to a story. Right? Like. It's, it's like, you guys just all tell one consistent story, so I don't have to read 20 different papers uh-huh. and compile it all together. Yeah, our story next week is like that. Ugh. <laughs> so he arrived, unarmed. Someone tells you they're shooting up the town. Let me go without my gun. <laughs> so he arrives unarmed to see what could be done. So that makes me think he was kind of a peacemaker. He didn't uh-huh. want to actually fight or kill anybody, so which is a good yeah. thing, but... I feel like if someone's shooting up the town, you should probably grab your gun. You should, like, at least hide it. Like, yeah. Like, you can get it. <laughs> Have it on your purse and somewhere. Like, it's it's a safety issue for everybody else. Yeah. Not just you. So when he came in there to talk to Carrie, Carrie pointed his revolver at him, and some, he, some papers even say that he actually went up to him and placed it on his stomach and told him if he tried to arrest him, he'd kill him. So he directly threatened the marshal mm-hmm. up in his grill and everything. Stupid move. <laughs> right? So Westfall left to get his gun, which some sources say was at his house. Others say it was at a nearby store. Why would it be at a store? I don't know. <laughs> I was like... So weird back then. <laughs> I don't know if by store they mean like the sheriff's shop. Oh, okay. They just said it was in a shop, the mm-hmm. store, whatever. I was like, okay. Like, I left it on aisle six. <laughs> I picked up the bag of potato chips. I had to put the gun down. <laughs> I was balancing potato chips and ice cream, and the gun just had to go. <laughs> Don't worry, I put it on ice. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was just weird. The fact that he didn't even bring it with him, I mean, makes me think that he was somewhere mm-hmm. 
and it was just spur of the moment. His gun was at home. He wasn't actually marshalling at the time, you yeah, know? Yeah, just like a rush. Off duty. <clears throat> so he went to go retrieve that. Uh, when he returned for Carrie, he ended up on the porch of one of the saloons because Carrie was not in the saloon like he thought he would be. And so when he turned around, Carrie was behind him in the street. And Westfall told him that he should consider himself under arrest. That is the nicest way to arrest anybody that I've ever heard. <laughs> consider yourself under arrest, okay? You're not in cuffs yet, but just get in that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Start thinking about how you're going to feel about this. Because <laughs> I'm going to be slapping him on you in a second. And you're going to be in a jail cell. Just, just grasp that. <laughs> I mean, it, it just sounds, he sounds like such a peacemaker, mm-hmm. which is great, except for in this time of life. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the Old West, peacemakers just did not survive long. Carrie moved for his gun after Westfall told him he was under arrest. Of course, that's your first move. Let's move for my gun. Westfall shot, grazing Carrie's head. So he didn't actually hit him. Mm-hmm. He just grazed him. At which Carrie returned fire with three shots. One missed the marshal, the second hit Marshal Westfall's wrist, and the final bullet hit Marshal Westfall in the side. So sources say that Westfall succumbed to his wounds in 15 to 45 minutes. I'm get, I'm thinking it was more like 45 because there was only one article that said in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Did Carrie just kind of stop at that point and um, just let him bleed out? He actually leaned over him, grabbed his guns, and used it to keep all the bystanders away from him. What? So he just, like, let him suffer there? Yeah, he just left him there and then told everybody else to get back and not to touch him. That's terrible. Not to help him. Uh, so, Deputy Ben Cooper mm-hmm. was actually able to trick Carrie into giving up his guns. This is hilarious. You're going to love this. So he lured him into the store under the pretense that he was going to get him more ammo. <laughs> Let me help you, dude. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, I love what you're doing here. Let's go in here. I'll load your guns for you. Just, just hand them to me and I'll load them up and we'll just go keep going, keep doing this. <laughs> I mean, by this time he'd been drinking for two days and he was pretty smashed. <laughs> the fact that he actually hit the marshal being not smashed, I'm very impressed. Uh-huh. But yeah, he, he tricked him by luring him into the store under the pretense of giving him more ammo. Uh-huh. Is yeah. the deputy above the marshal or is that right below it? Right below it. Okay. Yeah. So he was able to arrest Carrie. Marshal Westfall left behind a wife and three children. She eventually remarried and remained in the area and she's actually buried in Burns, Oregon in Hardy County. We have friends in Burns. So mm-hmm. I drive past the cemetery where she is every time I visit there. Um, I didn't get a chance to go to that cemetery, but I did see Marshall Westfall's gravestone. It's really pretty. They did a really good job with it. Um, so it was really interesting because we went into that cemetery and there weren't that many graves, but three of them were put in there by the same man. So while being held in the county jail, Carrie's story doesn't end there. (laughs) He actually plotted an escape. What kind of jail are we talking about here? Is it like wood logs? (laughs) I, I'm thinking it was either wood or stone. I saw some. I saw a building that was stone and it looked like it had bars on the front of it that could have been the county jail. Mm-hmm. I, none of the buildings there were labeled. I think it would be awesome if they could do that for me because <laughs> I need to know these things. But, yeah, it's probably just this one room thing with 
with bars, um, kind of like you see in the old West shows. So that jail was inside of their city, right? Yes, I they believe didn't have it was. To take him to another city to put him in jail. No, I don't think so. It just said he was in the county jail, so it could have been in another town because he was in Malheur County, which is spelled M A H L E R. Try and say that five times fast. Yeah, so he was held in Malheur County Jail. So I, I don't, it may not have been in the town. It may have been a little further away, but Malheur County is very spread out and a lot of small towns. So for all we know, it could have been there. So the guards had been aware that he might attempt an escape. So they had been checking his cell daily, keeping an extra eye on him. They jailed him with a guy that was known to have escaped other jails. Because, you know, if your guy's going to escape, let's put him with someone that knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. He had escaped three other times. I'm going to teach him some teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> Rehabilitate a little bit. Yeah, let's see if we can work together. What's going to work? Teamwork. <laughs> There's some Wonder Pets for y'all. <laughs> Tell I have kids. So somehow, under them, their watchful eye... And with the help of cellmates, who they so graciously provided him, he was able to get a hold of not one, not two, but three saws. Saws? Yes. And he was using the saws to cut the bars in his window. How do you even fit that? Like, how? why is that anywhere near the jail in the first place? That's what I want to know. Like, hey, we're chopping woods. Let's put our saws by the jail here. Just rest them against there. We'll be fine. Well, they're thinking that because it had low windows where basically someone could stand outside the window and chat or throw something in, mm-hmm. his friends just handed him through the bars or the windows. Mm-hmm. Which, my my brain goes to, you think he's going to escape. Let's leave the window unguarded. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just let whoever wants to go back there and chat with him and pass it, you know... It'll be, It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll just monitor who comes in the jail. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Legally. Because <laughs> they aren't going to do anything illegal. Mm-hmm. He must have been doing bad without any alcohol, too, because he's, like, cut off there, probably. Oh, yeah. He was probably yeah. having the world's worst hangover. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Can you imagine sawing with the world's worst hangover? Yeah. Like, oh, God, go slower. Oh, my head. My head. <laughs> <laughs> So, how long after he was put in there did he escape? He was put into jail on May 12th. He tried to escape on July 11th. So, he was in jail for a couple months. Oh, only a couple months. That's the same year. Mm-hmm. So, he did, he obviously tried it for a couple months and just, it wasn't for him. So, he was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So, on September 11th, 1912, his trial began. Which is actually pretty quick. They did a pretty good job. But it did take them two days to select a jury. Because it was very hard to find men that were impartial in that town, given that most of them were West Falls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to, like, bring them in from further away. So opening argument took place on September 13th, which was a Friday afternoon. And the witnesses took the stand until Saturday afternoon, when closing arguments began. And it makes it sound like they were in the courtroom from Friday afternoon all the way through until Saturday afternoon, which I don't think is mm-hmm. how they did it, but, you know. How did you do that overnight? Yeah. Especially then. They didn't have as many, like, lighting options. 
in a small town and stuff. Yeah, that's my thinking too. I was like, they they had to have stopped at least to go to bed for a little bit. <laughs> Let the sun come up. So the defense took the position claiming self-defense. Carrie's favorite defense was self-defense. Mm-hmm. They said that Westfall shot at Carrie first and he had no choice but to defend himself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's basically all hearsay. Like, you can't have... There's no solid evidence. It's just what people say. Yeah, and the witnesses in the crowd were were like, the shots all happened so quickly together. Like, Westfall shot, Carrie shot... They couldn't tell who shot first. Mm-hmm. It all happened so fast. It was really like the old-fashioned gunfights, like one, two, three, draw. The prosecution, on the other hand, took the position that Carrie had a grudge. He then provoked Westfall, and Carrie moved for his gun first. So they mentioned the threatening. Yeah, he had threatened to kill him. He had made yeah. So they went on the that basis that Carrie kind of was. Was in the wrong. There was no self-defense here when you're mm-hmm. going around telling people, I'm going to kill the sheriff if he tries to arrest me. Yeah. And then you kill the sheriff when he tries to arrest you. Well, <laughs> that's kind of almost first degree murder. <laughs> because you kind of planned it. Yeah, your blood alcohol levels are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so, I'm, I think it's hilarious they didn't take that defense. He was out of his mind with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that's why he didn't, you know... Probably like, no, I had a few drinks in me. I was fine. Now, that's my sweet point. That's, that's <laughs> He's like, dude, usually I drink for five days straight and then go hunting, go shooting. <laughs> so the the jury deliberated overnight and returned a verdict of second degree murder. And Judge Dalton Briggs sentenced Carrie to life in prison. Life in prison for second degree murder. Second degree murder. Okay. Yeah. Because it was still somewhat intentional. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't pre-planned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on September 21st, Carrie was then transferred to Oregon State Penitentiary here really? in Salem. It was still there back then? Oh, yeah. It's been there for a long time. So you think that would be the end of Carrie's story? Life in prison? I would. All done. <laughs> it's not. <clears throat> so on January 1915, so this is... Not even two years after Westfall was murdered. Three years. Mm-hmm. So it's two, almost three years. Governor Oswald West pardoned 59 convicts during his last 30 days as governor. And Carrie was one of them. Why? Like the state governor? The state governor. That's so stupid. <laughs> like, at least get people who aren't murderers. Like, if they just if they just stole some bread for their family, let them go. If they murdered someone in cold blood on the street, maybe don't release them. He, he released eight other convicts that were convicted of murder. Why? Or manslaughter, yeah. He has nothing to prove. He's <laughs> leaving office. This is so stupid. I was like... That's a lot of people who killed people, and you're letting them back out on the street. <laughs> I don't know that I would want you as my governor. <laughs> so he was actually quoted in the paper as saying, quote, I pardoned the men because I thought it was the proper thing to do, and I have no other reason to think otherwise. End quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, did you look at their records first? Because then you might have other reasons to think otherwise. Yeah. I mean, 
I could see if they accidentally killed somebody, like they ran over someone with their wagon because they got in their way and it's manslaughter. Yeah, okay. They can be pardoned. But someone who intentionally shoots mm-hmm. and kills somebody. Or if, like, they're on their deathbed and they couldn't do anything, you know, but they're just going to go back to their hometown and just get revenge on the people that wronged them. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it doesn't make, I, I, the second I read this, I was like, are you effing kidding me? We're letting murderers go now. Really? A little piece of Oregon history we didn't know about. <sighs> Honestly, if you look back in the history, it happens more often than we think. And it's really, really ridiculous. Like, some of them only get, like, so many months, so many years since, like, you killed somebody. Like, you intentionally killed somebody. You should not be let out. <laughs> So he was only in the Oregon State Penitentiary for about two years. Yeah. Not even two years. Interesting. Yeah. Not even three years. Um, so after he was released, I could honestly find no information on him. He just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Disappeared? Yeah. Unless he was the guy in Coos Bay who, like, I can't think that this would be the same guy because the, the Asia carry I found in Coos Bay... He was, like, this wonderful man, and he did all these wonderful things. I'm like, this can't be the same guy. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, and I could be wrong. It could totally be the same guy, but... He's closer to Coos Bay if he was in Salem before. Yeah. I, I found his wife lived here for a little bit in Salem, and I'm thinking that was to be closer to him while he was in jail. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, after that, there was just absolutely nothing about him. He had a wife during all that? I forgot about that. Yeah, actually, the day he shot the marshal, his wife had just started getting out of bed after having a baby ten days earlier. What's this guy doing? I know! Your wife just had a baby. You're out drinking and yelling and causing trouble. Drinking all the town's liquor. (laughs) I mean, maybe he was drinking because he was depressed because he lost that good-paying job, and now he has a kid to support, and he's stressing out, and... Mm -hmm. So I could see that, but... I, I just don't see the shooting of the sheriff part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the, his life, and he had two kids and a wife who had to move on again. It's like, yeah. poor lady. I mean, she went through three husbands. Wow. And now that I'm thinking about it, she divorced the first one. Westfall was killed, so she was widowed. And then her sec- her third husband actually passed away as well, but she was already older then and she passed away several years later so she had a hard life Mm -hmm. but yeah so that is the story of westfall oregon and one of the last gunfights in oregon history like the old-fashioned old west gunfights yeah so if you ever get a chance to travel eastern oregon and you travel from bend to burns it's kind of like this desert land where all you see is sage russian trees and, like, not pretty trees. <laughs> They're desert trees. And you get there, and then if you travel, keep going, and go from Burns to Westfall, the landscape completely changes, and you start seeing these really cool rock formations. And it just gets prettier. Like, the, the rocks are white, and it's almost like a limestone, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, the landscape changes and the town itself is really cool to just visit. They have this super cool, um, it's almost like an old dump where it's just piles of rusted cans. Like, it looks like rocks on the side of the road and it's just rusted cans everywhere. 
So we kind of traversed through that on our way to the cemetery. And then we walked to the cemetery. And it was so funny because we got halfway there and we see all these animal tracks. And I'm like, that doesn't look like a dog. (laughs) She's like, it's probably a big cat. My friend. And I was like, okay. She's like, don't worry. I brought my phone and my gun. I was like, oh, great, because I left mine in the car. (laughs) Like, it was really smart of me. I was like thinking about it. Like, I probably should have brought those with me. At least somebody was thinking. Uh At least you didn't leave it at the store. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I didn't leave it in the freezer section, people. I I had it with me. But, uh, well, and then on our way back to Burns, we stopped at one of the rock formations because it looked like there was, like, fossils in them, so we wanted to walk up there. We got halfway up. We both realized we both left our guns in the car this time, and she's like, um, this is cougar territory. We should probably turn around. (laughs) And it was, like, right at dusk when they start kind of coming out and hunting, and we're like, yeah, let's come back another day. (laughs) So we turned around and went back, and we, we ended up safe. And the, the, the other funny thing is all the way back, I saw deer on the side of the road everywhere. And we were joking about if she hit a deer, we're going to throw it in the back and have it for dinner. <laughs> because now in Oregon, it is legal to collect roadkill. I told her, if we hit it, we know how fresh it is. We're throwing it in the back. <clears throat> well, we get into town and all these cars start stopping and she slams on her brakes just as a deer goes in front of her and we hit the deer. <laughs> This is in a truck, right? It is in a truck. Luckily, we did not have her little car. So, the deer was fine. He got up, ran away. Like, what the heck are you people doing hitting me in the middle of the street? But it was just like, oh my gosh, way to end the night. We We were like a block or two from her house. And the deer jumps out. We hit the deer. I was like, we didn't hit it back in the boonies when they're all over the road everywhere. No, hit it in town. <laughs> but luckily, the deer and us were all safe. So, no Ad- dinner. <laughs> adventures in, East- in West- Eastern Oregon. <clears throat> yeah, no dinner for us, unfortunately. <laughs> My family's hunters. We like we like deer. We like elk. We like we like fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, my sister here is a vegan. Yeah, yeah, I say that to a vegan. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so that is our story. But next week, we are going to be talking about a more recent story that happened in the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. It spanned three decades. Okay. Like, Different people, or just like copycats. Same person. Same person. <laughs> you just like he never got caught. <laughs> um, they got caught. <laughs> As we'll find out next week. <laughs> it yeah, it's like I I started researching this story mm-hmm. because it was a little bit interesting to me because I I knew about the eighties and the nineties and I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Well, we'll dig into that, and the more I dig into it, I'm, like, going deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole, going, what the F? <laughs> Somebody gave them saws. <laughs> <laughs> right? Something, I'm like, oh, what are people thinking? You know, the more I investigate the true crime stuff, the, the less faith I have in our justice system. <laughs> it's just like, I, I end up shaking my head, going, why, people, Why? But yeah, more on that next week. It'll be it'll be interesting. 
So that's this week's episode of Far and Beyond Oregon True Crime. Tune in next week for an even crazy episode.